don't have anything to say about it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Sure, throw it out there. Start episode 366 with a bonus question for Michael. JJ. Uh, hello. To be a surprise. Oh, a, a true uh, out of left field surprise. Hello. Uh, uh, surprise. Michael, you're also here, I assume. El surprise. <laughs> we can keep going with different languages. What other ways can we say surprise? That it's Una still surpresa? another. Surpresa? Surpresa? Yeah, I think it is, right? Surpresa. Yeah. Uh, Michael, I got a notification uh, yesterday, or yesterday, earlier today, at some point recently. I can't. Okay. Time is a flat circle, and how does it work? And I don't yes, know anyway. Yes, thank you. Perfect. Uh, but anyway, I got a, a recent notification from my phone that something I had bought recently was shipping. And I was like, what? And then I had to go look it up. Do you know, have, and I guess, what that is? Uh, is it the second book in the last of the Dragonlance trilogy? Yeah, buddy. Hey, got it in one. Uh, That's exciting. Yeah. So my copy of that is shipping uh, sometime you know, soon-ish, they claim. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, I am super down to continue that story and re-remember what happened at the end of the first one because it's been a while now. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm still on the, you know, it's in it's in my to-read queue, and I'm, I'm even more on the fence now about do I just wait for the third one to come out and then read them all at once so I don't have to, I don't have to wait in between. I can understand that. I think I'm going to wait to start the whole series till they're all out, and then I'm just going to just binge read the entire front to end. Let me go ahead and tell you, uh, you could just start now, and the whole series will be out by the time you get to that point. Well, like, let, me, let me put it this way. It would probably take you less time to play through the Trails games end to end. I think one, the last time I... One, I'm a very fast reader. Two, <laughs> I made a silly mistake at Comic-Con of buying books... Or getting getting like bags of free books like you hey, guys do. Yep. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do with all this stuff. So now I feel obligated to read some of it. Uh, let me let me tell you if you if you're looking for something to do, and I'll, I'll shout them out. The uh, uh, Orange County Libraries do a uh, they do a Friends of the Library bookstore. Yeah, and they're always looking for donations. Uh, oh yes, those are, uh, those are very common at almost uh, all libraries in almost all jurisdictions. So yeah. if you if your library is sizable enough to have a friends, you should uh, give them those Check nice nice yeah. clean new books. They love that. One, you get a tax receipt for doing that. Two, the Orange Public Library friends of and I are very good acquaintances. <laughs> <laughs> then you know you already yeah. know. Yeah, people should do that. JJ, you're right. Uh, friends mm-hmm. of libraries are important. They are oftentimes, other than city or county funding, the only source of income for libraries. Yep. Uh, my mom worked at one uh, in our their area for several years. Uh, it's uh, good. And the people usually are, you know, they just like books, man. They just like books. Yeah, or they like libraries. I, I am a large fan of the library, and I... I intended for our kids to use the library more than books at home, but it uh, turns out we ended up with like two really uh, high-speed readers, and so they keep getting books from people. Um, <laughs> so now we, you know, take shovelfuls of books back over to the library uh, to donate to them. So, because <laughs> we are out of room in the home library, I still That's love the library. It's yeah. a good problem to have. It's like uh, Costco or all these other places, man. You know. Uh, they'll hold all that stuff for you 
at this place. Just go there. You don't need 10,000 books in your house. The library's got it. Ebooks now, too. I don't know if you guys know. You can ebook from the library. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my wife has been doing that a bunch, but there's still a waiting list somehow, which I find mm-hmm. the the dumbest possible thing. No, I get literally. it. It has to do no, with no, 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 no. The licensing is stupid. <laughs> you can just copy a file. Don't tell me about that. That's not how it works. Uh-uh. No, 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 I, no, no. I understand the people making these rules. And that's why I get it. <laughs> Look, the artist gets, you know, or the, the authors get payment based on copies. We, every time you make a new one, give them some money. That seems fine to me. What's the problem? The library can't afford that. And so they had to come up with another system. Dumb. I agree. Uh, oh, so, oh, what you're saying is the problem is the copyright system. So we should yeah. get rid of that. Got it. Okay. Uh, Abolish copyrights. Problem solved. uh, Did it, guys? uh, (laughs) We were... Well, this is getting complicated because now you're walking across the picket line there, buddy. Oh, I mean, you know, look, there's a... uh, It's, you know, it it affects a lot of things, copyright, not just uh, all those picketing uh, folks out there, but getting rid of copyright would change, like, entire industries besides creative ones yeah <laughs> i mean all medical companies would maybe a lot of them instantly go bankrupt <laughs> like half of law firms maybe would go out of business like tons of things would just go uh it, you know maybe the world would be a better place in the end but yeah it'll never not happen. in the intermediate <laughs> once the fires got put out yeah, yeah like, you the, know, you the five thousand people left the uh you know the, the so you're saying you want to start the guzzling wars. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a copyrighted word there, buddy. I just say, uh, you know, in the, in the hellscape that exists afterwards, uh, there won't be any copyright. So it doesn't matter if it's copyrighted, right? See, so I can just say whatever we want. That's cool that you guys are going to get Dragonlance book two soon. I'm excited for it. I, uh, enjoyed that first one a lot and, uh, and it's cool to like be able to go back, you know, it left it on a good, uh, a good place and you're like oh okay we're doing this now and now i'm excited to see what doing that will be yeah i'm excited that they get to to say like a real farewell to to the series of all those books yeah me too it's weird you know andy actually you know those books those books are pretty harmless in terms of content uh I was not a lot older than your oldest child when I first started reading them. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, I I think I was, yeah, probably around that the same age that you were, JJ. Yeah, uh, the especially the first set of them, I don't think the words are terribly difficult. It sounds like your kids are good readers anyway. I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, D&D type stuff and, you know, magic characters and things of that nature but you know when your kid is coming up to you and asking you what a lich is or like you know why is the dragon this color or instead of this other color or whatever like you got a good kid going that's a good problem to have yeah it's a good problem (laughs) what's a beholder daddy i was i was uh yeah Yeah, uh Uh, not to get too far into the weeds on book series and stuff but we were uh audio booking in the car the 
how to train your dragon books because they're very different from those movies and by book three they're decently violent not like uh graphically violent but there's definitely like uh characters describing their terror at watching dragons kill each other kind of thing you know um and some of those like uh, younger kid uh dragon wings of fire books and stuff have fighting and stuff in them so it's not like even the young kid books avoid issues that would be in a D book it's really more about um if they make it uh traumatic right like if it's I think uh, some people have described getting into like book four of Harry Potter things happen to characters and uh, when it's not just nameless, faceless things, it can be a little bit too much. So that's where the the line ends up getting drawn for me on like, okay, are they emotionally ready for events versus like uh, physically ready to understand events? So that would be book two then, Michael. (laughs) Well, so JJ, I was I was gonna say, do you, are you familiar with the Dragonlance Chronicles for young readers? Oh, no, is there a different version? So right. there is there is a um, I don't remember if it was actually they're the only ones that I haven't actually read, but they are meant to be like an introductory step for slightly younger kids. There's six of them, I think. Um, is and it they just are chronicles, or is it it's chronicles for young readers? It's called Dragonlance Chronicles for Young Readers. Okay. Um, if you just, uh, and I think it is, I think it is the Chronicles series JJ just adapted. They ain't on Amazon. Hmm. Huh. Well, uh, these were these were printed a long time ago. Yes. yes. 2003 to 2004. So yeah, they might be kind of hard to find these days. Might be tough. Man, that's like 20 years. <laughs> uh, hey, Andrew, do you want to know when the first of these books was printed? The first Dragonlance Chronicles book? The, fir- the first Dragonlance book. Uh, Dragon well, Lance. I guess I can't say because the RPG series existed like alongside D&D and stuff like that. I don't know when the first setting no- stuff novel. was printed. The first novel, yeah. Okay, I mean, Dragonlance Chronicles is probably like for nine or nine to twelve year olds. So, ninety uh, one. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, eighty seven. Gra- grabbing my initial copy here. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'll say it's not eighty seven. Earlier. Oh wow. Uh, eighty two. Uh, this is my last uh, guess because this is getting boring. You gotta, you gotta split the difference. It's eighty four. Uh, okay. Uh, that's, that's not bad. So this this book, yeah, I'm holding it. The, this one is a reprint from a later uh, edition or whatever. But this book came out the year I was born. Oh wow! So and then I didn't read it until I was like, what you know, twelve or something. I don't know something like some teenage age like that, uh, just preteen kind of era. Okay. And it was still on the shelf of every bookstore at that time. Yeah. And to my understanding, is still in print now, <laughs> like actively I, in print. I walked into, I mean, you don't usually see anything more than the original trilogy anymore, but I have probably within the last year walked into a Barnes & Noble and seen uh, some of the original trilogy still on the shelves. Barnes & what now? There used to be these things called bookstores, right. Andy. Yeah, yeah, okay. 
before we date ourselves too much, uh, we should talk about new things, I think. New hotness. Uh, I mean, do you want to go back to Hellscapes and talk about what's going on in COTC? Or... Yeah, 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 sure. Okay. It's an anniversary. Why Why don't we give it the time of day, right? There's other stuff we're going to get to today. So if you are COTC tired, it's the first anniversary. We have to talk about it. And then I think, you know, we'll we'll probably drift off as the game starts to slow here. But some major stuff happened. So we're going to talk about that for like 20 minutes probably. I'll put a timestamp in the episode. Nice. So, yeah, uh, look at the notes. Y'all, here's what I'll just say. Hey, y'all, that, that game board is both fun and sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think once... What do you mean? We... <laughs> I enjoy the, like, Mario Party minigame aspect of it. It's like, oh, fun, bounce around the board, do, like, some very, like, a couple of very easy combat situations, get some cool rewards, use the rewards for powerful weapons, sweet. The thing I don't enjoy is, uh, man, they make some of those tiles bullshit. And wow, closing it and reopening it to like attempt to fix that is not worth the amount of time. And oh, effort. it's really absolutely not worth it. I haven't even done it once. No. Well, especially because the, the dice rolls are fixed before the turn. All you're picking is how many of them you roll. That's, that's yeah. the thing that it's bothers like, me a little bit, thing- actually. The strategy I've come up with, right, is if I think I'm, like, within close enough range to hit, like, the zero square, which is the biggest bummer uh, of all. Even the half metal one kind of barely matters. The the zero is a real kick in the pants. Uh, it's horrible. I hate it. I so just, I, I count how many squares I am to that, and if I think the chance is too good that I'm going to hit it, I just roll, like, a bunch of dice to guarantee that I get past it. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Because at the end of the day... Like the stuff that matters is how many times you hit a flag, right? And how many medals you got on the way to those flags. Nothing else. Like how many times you move doesn't matter. How many dice you have left over at the end doesn't matter. As long as you have exactly enough moves to get one square past the last flag, you're good. Yeah, even if you don't get there, if you hit the last flag, you still get something, which is nice. Right. So the important thing, you know, yes, it's nice to like take small steps and step on more medals in between. But if it means the chance of, you know, zeroing out everything you have, then absolutely not worth it. Yeah. So, you know, there are there are two there are two things that I think they could implement that would make things a lot better to me, just like small quality of life things. One of them is give me an option to roll only small numbers. What does that even mean? So your dice instead of one through six have two sets of one through three. Mario Party style dice, right? Where the oh, dice you could change the dice. Faces. Yeah, Mario Party yeah, style. You could change, you change the, dice. the dice to be low numbers. In Mario Party, it's usually a bad thing, but in this, there are times when that would be really nice. Sure. Um, uh, and I don't, I don't see why they would do that. But go ahead. No, no, I, I don't think they would do either of these. Uh, the second one is give me a bonus for unused dice. That is the big thing. Yeah. That one is the big one. If yeah. I make because... it to the end with nine extra dice, give me something for that. No kidding. I really think it is uh, like actually landing on one of those squares that gives you bonus dice or takeaway dice are nearly always a blank effectively. Yeah. It's like, unless, unless it's you're at the very nine. end, 
minus yeah, nine. You hit the, oh, yeah, the minus nine, right? <laughs> or one of the ones that's like minus a lot and you're right near the end and you needed it, right? But like mm-hmm. almost always those those squares effectively don't matter because you end up with like five dice at the end of every time anyway. And so then it's like, well, what was I, you know, like these are just here for no reason. Give you know, Even if it's like 0.1 extra multiplier at the end, that would be something right sure or you know what you know what i don't even need you know what i'll say this i don't even need a bonus to the dice give me a board that has a loop that starts at the very end of the board like one square before the boss and i can just go around it so you could do the little extra i can do a little loop make it make it high risk high reward i don't care they're putting that zero on that loop you know exactly put two zeros on the loop i don't care just let me go around (laughs) it i care don't don't put two zeros on the loop yeah, I, I am with you guys. That is one of the silliest things. Uh, but I have found that at this point, like, I haven't bothered to try boosting the enemy strength much because you get a lot of medals when you do the 8x. And there are enough ways weekly to get, like, I think you can get, like, 30-plus tickets, plus, like, one or two every day, and then more from a weekly quest, too. Yeah, it's something like 40, just over 40 tickets a week, I think, from just the basic sources. I am glad you brought that up because I have a mental block on using tickets and making things harder. And that is doing a 1x ticket. So uh, for people that aren't familiar with this, you can bonus yourself up during this, doing this like Mario Party board game. And you can like gamble tickets to increase your winnings, basically times however many tickets and so i have had a 1x so you you just get one of everything that you get on the board instead of more than one with no bonus to the enemies go any any range in between 1500 medals and four and a half thousand medals on one of those boards yep and i think that dropping an 8x if you if i hit the eight the 1500 I'm going to be real mad I dropped 8x, even if I get 30 medals a week. Here's how I, that works, though. That that 8x applies at multiple points throughout the board. So every flag you hit is also multiplied. Well, but it doesn't multiply the total medals. It only multiplies the medals you've collected Along the since way. the last flag. Yeah. Right. But that's always the case, like even when you're not using it, right? It I'm, just totally, I'm just totaling a run for you. So at the end of a run, a 1x run along the way, you would have totaled roughly 8x what you would get from a 1x run. Right? So you take 1,500 from a 1x run and multiply that by 8, you would have gotten, what is that, like uh, uh, 12,000? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or you could have also had, alternatively, 36,000 or something like that if you got lucky. Knowing that the option was I could have got 36,000 for these medals, I kind of feel like evening it out by playing it eight times instead of running it with eight tickets. But I have that mental block of like... There's uh, no possible way you have enough time to run this thing eight times. It for doesn't every take time that I do long. It. <laughs> it doesn't take that long. Don't you have better things to do with your life? <laughs> like farm the other things in the game that need farming? Yeah, Probably. Like the variance at the end of the day doesn't matter that much because as you're getting like what if you get forty something runs that's five eight x runs a week you'll even the variance out quick enough like one time you're gonna hit fifty k plus and then the next time you're only gonna get fifteen k 
but who cares because both of those are you know that one's worth three you're gonna at the end of the day you're gonna have bought all the weapons that you need right those are the big expensive things mm-hmm. and then the other things you're just gonna be spending on loot boxes to try and get the souls that you want and at that point like dude what, you know yeah. buy 50 50 loot boxes who cares and you're just gonna open them all whatever right sure uh-huh this is why so, I'm talking to you out loud about it because part of my brain is stuck on efficiency versus and I mean you time. I think I think your efficiency really you should be doing 16x tickets and do the you know, I think you can go past multiplier. 8 <laughs> but, No no but you, <laughs> you add the in the enemy multiplier, multiplier if you do the enemy multipliers Oh right so uh do, have we figured out how that works making the enemies harder like are they really that much harder is it just sort of uh they just do more damage It seems like the from the videos I've seen on the internet that like you, if you already know the weaknesses and you have a strong team, it's not going to matter really. Yeah. So their, their level doesn't change. So you've right. probably noticed that most of the enemies on the board are glass cannons. Yeah. Um, I've so, noticed that oh, in the uh, new story as well. Yep. Yeah. So what I think happens is that the cannon part of that just gets stronger. <laughs> just one shot at characters <laughs> over and over. Yes. Yeah, basically. Kind of, yeah. So if you can if you can bum rush them before they uh, can really start wailing on your team, the increase levels don't matter that much because their know, HP pools don't really increase. Take that uh, character with the twenty five percent enemy attack down and use that first, right? Yes. Um, and then you're probably fine. Uh, are you talking about Primrose? Because she's the only one that I can think of. <laughs> Viola. Oh, Viola. Yeah. Yeah, Viola's anti-attack is really good. Okay. All right. Uh, So, yeah. I have not done a 16 multiplier run yet, but only because I haven't invested any brain power into remembering what the weaknesses of any of the characters are. (laughs) I think there's now a mastery survey for this. Yeah. Yeah, I've done done a couple, but none of them on the highest difficulty boards. Oh, interesting. So you went to a lower difficulty board to do it? Uh, no, it was before I had unlocked all of the uh, all of the high difficulty boards. One of those three runs to unlock them, I I cranked all the numbers all the way up. How'd that go? Uh, it went really well because the what is it? The master's board is that the one that's the step below the three top ones? Yes, sir. Um, that's the an easy level one. of dif- yeah. The level of difficulty is low enough that even with the the enemy slider turned all the way up, you're still just kind of rolling through content. Oh, content. <laughs> so I think that's been the major uh, change. Although I will say uh, I, I do really want to deal with these fortune weapons and like make Tiki Len into the best win DPS in the game, <laughs> because that's like such a hilarious idea that the sword user is now the best magic user it is pretty funny yeah there are some Uh, good videos of her out damaging odette and like turn uh what's his name yan long into like the swollest guy that exists just having (laughs) like beat the crap out of people with a cane (laughs) uh i'm i'm excited to try that um but you know one day i'll get around to it Uh, how's your uh last last little bit of cotc here andy how's your three star team coming so yeah, um, I guess we give people a little thing. The the game has like this mechanic where your characters are gated behind guide stones, they call them, and you have to kind of um, time gate their leveling based on how many of these you can get at a time. 
And uh, there's a new challenge for the game where you can get... Uh, you can use the weakest characters in the game to beat some of the harder content and you get free rubies, which are for buying things in the game. Um, I believe I have... Yes, I have five of my eight characters for my three-star party leveled to 60. So, so I think I have enough time. You should be fine, honestly. The, I watched a video today of a person who only had th- three characters at 60. So oh. even one of the person in their front row wasn't 60. He was like 50-something. Uh-huh. Um, and the people in the back were like 45 straight. Like they didn't level them up at all. Did They and probably weren't moving you, them around very much. Uh, they weren't, but they didn't start in the, like they did do some things. So they, they did take more than zero hits. Okay. And survived it. Uh, now they were using like buffs and stuff and, you know, uh, accessories. Um, but you don't need a four accessories. You can make it happen with the normal stuff. Yeah. So it just I've depends noticed... on which which boss you're going for and like what your plans are. It seems like the two bosses that most people have been doing are the power and fame. Uh, Herminia just... has a an ad, so that makes it harder because you have to kill two things. Yeah. The only and I think the reason why power is so popular over fame is that fame has the uh shifting weaknesses. Yeah. Yes. I will I say think... I had a team that was like of guys i barely leveled like i just guide stones that i had lying around on random dudes right oh, okay and i did fame i got through the first phase basically like with very little effort because like if you get just one person to 60 and they have like a level a hell weapon or a fortune weapon they will just crush damage it's so much <laughs> and i got to the second phase i'm like oh this is so easy i'm gonna like completely breeze it through shifting weaknesses and now that guy does one damage on every hit it, mm-hmm. and i my team was crushed i had no oh, chance no. <laughs> uh it, i couldn't break him anymore because he'd killed the other people who had those weaknesses right and so then i was like all right so we're not gonna do this one back up and go try the other guy <laughs> and like i was telling uh michael before we started actually the only impediment now on my team is that i need to like get more like spears and fans i just don't have enough of those of those weapons i believe that i will just stick it out because it's actually been it was fun having a goal that isn't just do the new content grind the new weapons these i think one of the things in the surveys recently about this game and one of the things they asked on the live stream and i responded to was like what can we do more of and i literally was like community challenges please community challenges because it gives you a reason to that isn't Oh, the new piece of content's out. You need to grind it for the new thing for like the master tower is out. You need to go in there to get your rubies and your historic fragments. The dancer tower is out. You need to get this was just like, yo, uh, you got there some three stars lying around. You want to go like take on this side fight that you've ignored for the last six and a half months? Dust them off. See what you can do. Yeah, like, uh, to, you is, know. It is fun to, like, look around and be like, okay, this one has the two hit. This is, like, the the this is the 3.5 here. here. Yeah. Like, they have a two hit ability? Hell yeah. Or, like, oh, man, their ultimate hits four times? That's sweet. We're using this guy, right? Yeah. Finally have a reason to use Billy for real? Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, that's not true. Billy is used in real content. He has a sweet ult. Like, that's <laughs> actually legit really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny too because the uh, so I I took on uh, Tito's for mine 
for my challenge run. And the the team that I put together was mostly Spears and fans. And the strategy runs counter to how you would set up a five-star team of Spears and fans because none of the three-star fans have a multi-hit attack. They all have a fan nuke, but none of them have multi hit. So you find so you, yourself shield shaving with spear and light, and yeah, then, using and then you nuke with nuke. fan, <laughs> <laughs> nuke with breakers. Yeah, it's it's just really funny because you're you know you're turning the you know conventional wisdom of setting up a team and strategy on its head. My, yeah, may I uh, may I uh, point you that the light three star character Eunice is very good oh she she carried she and jose carried a lot of damage on my team yeah okay i was like as long i'm just making sure you know who's like she is a house man does (laughs) so much damage compared to like these spear guys and the the spear person with the fortune weapon i have and eunice with her just little like you know whatever some book i had given her like one of the the heck books right it doesn't have like the souls properly set up or anything. And she's like nuking the crap out of him. Oh yeah. She just, the spear person is like, HP. poke, poke, poke. <laughs> I, I, while sitting here, moved another one up to 60 because I forgot that I had gotten gold uh, coins to change in from doing the story content today. So I am down to, to Eunice and, uh, and Juan who need to go to 60. Okay. Yeah, you probably have enough time. Those uh you got two weeks. Yeah. 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 I mean it just started today. And that's cool. I, I really think that that's one of the better things they could do to keep this game going is to like not make it so that YouTube personalities are just putting out content on videos on how to do new content, and like here's how to do it fast, and then you wait three months and you find out how to do it faster, and then you wait three months and you find out how to do it faster and then JJ and Michael and I finally have characters that are strong enough to do it. So we go back and look at three month old videos and like (laughs) that process is kind of boring, but like it's fun enough to keep playing, but I don't want to negate the content itself. But like the idea that this is something I can do right now, like we, we can all pop on Reddit and be like, okay, what are people like thinking for doing this kind of challenge? You know? You know, I didn't even bother for this one. I was like, I think I can do it with these characters. Let me just throw them in and see what happens. Sure. I, that was exactly the, the power, same. The power level is low enough and the like weapons are insanely strong enough that if you just get a few of them to 60, they will just carry you. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was kind of the same with uh, Tiki, right? Like, okay, I know Tiki's mechanics. I know her weaknesses. I can go back in and do this by myself. I don't need a video to tell me how to beat her in five turns or less. I can do right. that. Yeah. Um, right. Now it was fun to figure it out, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stuff that has been fun. Uh, I, I watched uh, in YouTube videos. Uh, I watched a video recently on YouTube about uh, favorite game of the pod. Vampire survivors, vampire survivors game of the year. Dude, Maybe. Probably. Uh, I mean, it's, it's still rated, what, top five on the Steam deck most hours played or something like that? The, I'm very curious to see how that co-op mode works. Uh, yeah, same here. Yeah, pretty, we'll see. Pretty interested in that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cool. Uh, you're talking about no clip? 
Yes, uh, Noclip put out a documentary on the making of Vampire Survivors. Danny O'Dwyer. Pretty, yes. That's a really uh, bad interesting. version of Danny O'Dwyer's wonderful uh, accent, which is now his, softened thanks to his living in San Francisco. His uh, Irish brogue. Yeah. Not quite a yeah softened brogue, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, have either of you guys gotten around to it? I sure did. I have not. Not yet. Uh, okay. Michael, spoil Michael it. Would, it, it. Uh, would it help you and entice you if you found that they did a lot of interviews with the developer, but the developer doesn't like to be on camera? He doesn't like to do voice interviews. He, every interview before Danny's has been by email. And so in order to combat this in a YouTube video series about this guy... They made a vampire puppet to represent him. <laughs> yes. I'm yes. so old. That's the appropriate reaction, Michael. It is hilarious. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely in for that. It looks like, you know, a, it looks like a, a Muppet Dracula, effectively. It, it looks like the, the Count, but like more Draculized. It looks like a, a puppet version of the guy from the intro screen, right? Like the big vampire yes. that's uh-huh. in the splash that's screen the point play. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, but, it, you know, it's a puppet, so it looks like a puppet. Uh, but it's hilarious. And so, like, watching the puppet, like, try to bang on the keyboard to code, and, like, <laughs> try to use a mouse. Yeah, because they like... do all this stuff in, like, flashbacks. You know, they use the puppet to do, like, flashbacks and... All sorts like, of storytelling. You know, when I was making this game, I was really in a bad place. And you see, like, the puppet has his hand, head in his hands and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> the puppet oh, in it, front of, like, all those gambling apps that uh, he was working on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, so now, you know, it makes perfect sense knowing the backstory of this guy that he used to work in gambling. Why that treasure chest is so good. Oh, Luca? Yeah. Now I know. Yeah. Right. So the, the gentleman who made Vampire Survivors initially was Luca Galante. Galante? Uh, the company that runs that now is Ponkle, I think. Uh, which, because there's more people making it than... Which was kind of really cool about the documentary. What I found more interesting about, like... Okay, I knew the background, right? The background is this guy made a game. He ported in a bunch of free, not free, paid assets from libraries. He used, what, Flash? What did he use? Java. Java. Sorry, Java to make a game. And it was fun. It was cute. And it had a lot of ideas. And it was a little janky. We know that backstory. We played it, you know, when it came out. Uh the fascinating part about it was when they brought in um sam sam i think his name was sam the uh the guy who worked on the engine stuff the yeah who when luca was like "Uh oh uh i can't put this on consoles how how many people have downloaded this yeah (laughs) they want to do what now (laughs) yeah uh there's too many things to fix for me to fix and i want to keep working on the game so i'm going to bring in one person to fix it Oh, we can't run Java on consoles? Okay, well, I don't know how to port this to Unity or whatever they ended up using. I think it was Unity. Yeah. I think it's Unity is why I said it. But, um, uh, So Sam comes in and is like, uh, yeah, no problem, man. Uh, this is fascinating. JJ, t- Michael, I think you would get fired for doing something like this. But JJ, describe how he creates new content for the game. 
So this is the like most insane process. It's the most I'm boomer thing of. I've ever heard in my life. I I think that that's uh, in a a, a bad characterization, but like Luca is so like dialed into the matrix or whatever of the original game that he wrote. He just like programs and prototypes new ideas in that game that still exists. Right. And then hands the updates to that to these other people. And they take the jank thing that he created there and port it to the actual game that we play. (laughs) So they're translators as much as they are effectively characters. like, yeah, it's a it's a wild process. But like, I, you know, he's very comfortable in those languages, I guess he can just like rapidly create stuff really quickly. He has a bunch of good ideas, clearly, because these games have been all really good. <laughs> and then, you know, he's been, you know, he's just toiling away in his little JavaScript or Java based world of the game. And then he hands them a new thing and he's like, make it work like this. <laughs> Yeah, that's fab- flabbergasting. It's cool that they do it because they're small enough to do it, but uh, it's it's kind of crazy at the same time. Um, pretty pretty funny. Oh, there was a lot of really good. I mean, for a very short documentary, it's a, it's cute little anecdotes in there about like how uh, he had tried to put the game out on itch beforehand, mm-hmm. and then um, no one played it literally it's like he posted it on message boards and whatever and was like well guess it's back to work at the meat factory and he's like well i guess i'm gonna go back to the gambling company yeah it goes back to the gambling company works there for like a couple weeks decides to put his game on steam catches covid working at the gambling company meanwhile the game blows up because while he can't even look at it because he's so sick with covid he can't look at the screen yeah like he gets covid right as he launches on steam and then is like, oh, I can't like get out of bed. He's super sick for like a week and then comes back and the game has like a million 30, downloads. It has like 30,000 concurrent players and a million downloads. Oh and he's God. like, what? Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? And meanwhile, like the puppet is like losing its mind, right? It's like very funny. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. I, it, it was cool to see they he gave an interview, like a very... I think heartfelt interview about like his passions, why he made the game, other games he had tried to make, where the idea for this game even came from was like, yeah, I played this phone game and it was like, I could make that, but way better. You know? Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty fantastic little story uh, in there. I thought that was really great. I haven't watched a whole lot of no clip documentaries. Are they all kind of like that? Uh, the shorter ones are more of this style. I haven't watched all all of the longer ones. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that the, you know, the, uh, the, the length of them and the interestingness of them vary. The more you are into the subject matter, the better they are. I find generally. It's like the reverse of a, of a Tim Rogers doc. Where like you, I would just listen to him talk about paint drying, and you'd be like way into it. <laughs> well, I mean, the last one was literally about like oh, sunflowers and the Midwest, <laughs> as much as it was about a video game. Oh, like yeah, exactly. My point is like I I would listen to Tim Rogers talk about paint drying, and I would be super interested. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like I think it, no clip, I need to have some more interest in the actual game the involved. Subject matter. Yeah. 
Yeah, not that they're think, bad. They're good, but it's just it's different, you know. They're on par with a style that is a thirty for thirty idea, I think. Um, without the f- consistent, fascinating subject matter that thirty for thirty can have, because thirty for thirty can pick very tiny things that you're like, "What happened to who?" I can watch that for twenty minutes, you know. Yeah the the thing I think that's uh. You know, I think Noclip has as part of its mission, you know, is to teach the world better about how video games get developed and, you know, get pe- bring people into the process more so that they can tell these stories and stuff. I mean, it's a good goal. Um, and I think it's good. But it, in order for me to be interested in that, you have to have either innate interest in like creating games or in the specific games involved. Right. Fair. Right. So that's that's my take on it. But I, I think they're still very well done. And. God knows O'Dwyer is a machine in terms of how many of these he puts out, given how long some of them are. This I one is not so long, yeah. but some of them are very long. Yeah, good for him. I know he works with other people, but that's still a lot of work. He's the face of the company, I guess, right? Like, yeah, there are tons of other people. And the credits even for this one have a whole bunch of other people. So, yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, staying in the realm of PCs a little bit here, uh, guys. Um vampire survivors came out on pc first did it i guess it must have right yeah yeah mm-hmm. um you know uh we all use uh keyboards to interact with our pcs right i assume <laughs> yes that yeah, we do y'all have the mechanical keyboards i still have uh i have one but i don't know that it's like any good anymore it works obviously Oh, what do you want then? Are you on like a switch, like a scissor switch yeah. keyboard or? I think I'm, uh, I think the one I have is, uh, I got it when I was working from home and it was for typing. It's like a black switches, I think. Oh, okay. That's the mechanical um, one you still have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, I got like, I got it from Monoprice, man. Cause I just like, didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michael, uh, Michael found a new one that we're all going to have to buy. Oh, the one that I uh, I found today. Yeah, what it was uh, eight bit dough. Yes, it was eight bit dough, and they are. It's a coming soon product from them. They are launching um, two that are styled after the NES and the Famicom. These look extremely cool. I hope uh, people can see the picture of these uh, out there in the world. I think but... it is hilarious that they come with two gigantic macro buttons. It's good. I I wonder, I wondered quality wise about how they would be, and then I realized eight bit do controllers are pretty good, so they probably put some time into it. They using kale kale Kyle switches. I don't know. They're like cherry a cherry competitor, I guess. I mean, like you know, cherry is a brand name, right? So like the actual switches themselves aren't a. You know, it's like oh, you're using a different competitors switch like i don't know that i am enough of a keyboard aficionado to know the difference between those brands right but i'm curious what kind of switch they have right these ones are kale whites which are similar to cherry blues Mm, okay okay uh they however may not be clicky or though they're light clicky, I guess they call it. 
anyway know, so that's the th- that's the thing where it's like i am unclear if this is what i want or not i'd like the color scheme and i think that's cool but yeah I, i'm not as sure how i well it's how i feel about the <sighs> The type of key right i think the keyboard market is finally getting the mouse market treatment i know mechanical keyboards and keyboard aficionados will have always been hot about this issue but like everybody and their grandma are getting like gaming wireless mice in the last year like everyone's got an ultra light and an ultra ultra light and these are made out of magnesium and those ones have sixty thousand dps sensors and that has a hundred thousand dps sensor that has a million dps sensor this one has 18 buttons this one only has two buttons like uh, bluetooth not bluetooth wireless not wireless uh 2.g 2.4g receivers and all that stuff has like gone swept through the mouse market already as it kind of you know hit right after controllers i think and um keyboards have always kind of been around and popular and like gaming keyboards have existed i have a corsair gaming keyboard with cherry silver switches right mm-hmm. it's here like macro keyboards for people to play wow jj mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's not like they haven't existed but the wireless market for mechanical keyboards seems to have exploded recently like uh, most of the manufacturers now have not only a couple mechanical keyboards but wireless ones as well this one says it can hook up three different ways with Bluetooth, 2.4G, or wired. So I think I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure how aware of this you guys are, but you know, custom built keyboards is a huge thing. There's like oh yeah, huge, oh, oh yeah, people that literally are like building their own PCBs, creating all the switches, laying all the keys out themselves, etc. So this is like a half step in that direction, right? This is very close. It says this has hot swappable PCB. So I assume that means you can pull the switches. Yes. So that means that you can take all the switches out as well as the key caps, right? So you can take the the key. Oh, wait. Mm. I assume that that means that, right? That you can take the, the switch out along with the key cap and change all of them. I would think so, right? What else would a hot swappable PCB on a keyboard mean? Uh, you could take the circuit board underneath out and replace it with something else for reasons I'm not sure. Yeah, why would mm. you want to do that? Like I said reasons I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't yeah. understand why you'd want to do that. I would assume most I guess if somebody okay, this is a component we're halfway through a component class, I guess. Uh if somebody knows what hot swappable PCB means, uh, email it in. Because as, as far as I thought, you could buy anything with, like, switches and then replace the switches. Because if they broke, that was the idea, right? This might just be referring to the keycaps. Well, PCB is not a keycap. Key oh, no. You know, you know what? You're right. You're right. It says the hot swappable PCB. And PCB stands for printed circuit board. Yeah, I know. So th- that's what that means. Yep. And to me, the key themselves is not part of the PCB. So I would not think that that's... So this allows you to change the PCB out of the board as well for a different PCB. Okay. It must. Okay. What is N key rollover? That's another one I don't know either. Uh, N key rollover means you can press as many keys as you want at the same time and they will all register. As opposed to X key rollover, which is like 
one key or two key, right? It's how many keys you can hold down at the same time and have all of the inputs register. Oh, okay. So for gaming, that's what you want because you want to be able to hit multiple keys at once. And not have to lift up, right? So like the important thing with, with rollover is like keys register on down, not on lift, unless you have certain kinds of switches that only register on lift. But anyway, the normally it's only when you press down. So if you ha- like are trying to do something really fast in a game, you want to press these four keys in that order and then these four keys in a different order and the last key that you hit the the newest last key in every sequence is always the one that registers and you can keep the other ones held down as long as you want without having to you know one let go two let go three let go right okay mm-hmm. okay so uh, that's a yeah and and key rollover is what you want like cheap keyboards don't have it but the better ones do I mean, for 99 bucks, this seems like a pretty good deal in the keyboard market, um, with especially given the styling they put into it. I, I've been kind of thinking about heading this direction and getting into deeper into it. I mean, I paid enough attention. I have I have a Steel Series keyboard with black switches. I have this Corsair keyboard with silver switches. I don't know if I remember the black switches well enough to determine if I could tell the difference other than the clickiness. Uh, black, I know black switches have pretty linear resistance the whole way down. That's so do silver switches. Oh, yeah. okay then. Well, never mind. Yeah, silvers, silvers have no no click, and they have exactly linear resistance. They also have the slow, the lowest amount of travel of all of them, and the highest activation point. Gotcha. Um, so blacks are not quite the same as that, but yeah, they are linear resistance the whole way. And I think they make a bit of noise. So, yeah, I think blacks tend to be like for work. Am I wrong about that? Or is it more like also gaming? Uh, not typically gaming. They're okay. typically for like, you are trying to type a bunch here and it is good to have the same key feel on every time you're pressing a key so that, you know, you typed yeah. you know the right word as opposed to missing a letter or something i think reds are the ones that are the most popular probably in my in my memory i don't know i don't know i cannot keep the key colors right in my head i always have <laughs> i to always have to look, look them, them up. up yeah every yeah time. i should just buy one of those little like nine key things that has like one of each color so that i can remember like it's clear Ooh. on the bottom and a little thing and you can just press the keys and like remember how they go that's a thing. That. Those, yeah, that's a thing. They're they're not like cheap, but they're not that expensive. What are those called? Key testers? Maybe I don't know what they're called. I'm sure you could find it pretty easily. Yeah, that is a thing. Key testers. Yeah, here they are. They're like fifty bucks. Yeah, like I said, they're not cheap, but they're not that. They're not like you know. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you you can get cheap ones, you know, for a very inexpensive the question just becomes like what switches you want to oh yeah and, stuff, and then that's the expensive part the kale the off-brand one is like only 20 bucks so you know take that for what it's worth <laughs> mm. well i don't know i i kind of like the idea i i i'm not a big fan i know that the bluetooth thing is coming along and they're trying to push it as an option these days, but I remember the lag of Bluetooth startup with a computer. I just during this like last prime day got rid of the last Bluetooth keyboard I had that isn't for, um, 
like hooking up to mobile devices like i still have one for an ipad or whatever but um like i had one for a pc and and even on startup it was like i gotta wait the keyboard still hasn't connected yet to type the password and then you know the lag in typing that would infuriate me i could not stand that (laughs) i am like jamming the password in as the screen is coming up like i no time is allowed. <laughs> You're showing me that screen. All those drivers better already be loaded and working. I don't even bring that screen up. Yeah. So I switched over for one of those uh, Logitech ones that have their own wireless connector. And there's zero lag. Dongle. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, no lag. It's automatically loaded before the computer's even ready to boot. Right. You know. Nice. Um, so... I'm not a big fan of the fact that this has Bluetooth because I I won't use it, but I guess people might want it for their other their mobile devices or whatever. But like it it has the built in wireless receiver, which is pretty cool. And I think that that is something that has changed. I've noticed like Logitech and a couple others now have wireless ones. I think even maybe Philco, the like never Philco's like the the most bare bones, best keyboards that people like, you know, they really like them. Um, they, they're finally even doing a wireless one soon. I think if not already, you know, I I think that's the way of the future is, is wirelessing things up. I think they finally have figured out the delays and. Well, I I think it's, uh, you know, there's so many use cases where it's just so convenient and the like any amount of delay that exists is so minimal at this point in comparison to everything else going on in the computer that's kind of like whatever right well they keep saying the newest bluetooth is okay for that there's no delay but i don't know if i believe it i don't know if i believe it you know uh worth pointing out that almost all controllers that people attach are bluetooth enabled in some way to consoles and people aren't complaining about lag for those things. So huh. I'm sure it's possible, right? Yeah, I think even if, uh, even if I think you're right because tell you that it's Bluetooth. Yo, no, no, I think I'm pretty sure you're right, because I think the um, when I was doing research on the PS5 controller, the polling rate that they got out of their Bluetooth is like as fast as a wireless connection somehow. So, because people were testing the polling rates on these things, and it was actually slower wired for the PS5 controller for whatever software they had used. Hmm. Just because it didn't pull as much, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not smart enough for all these things. But if Philco's using Bluetooth, which I think they are, that must be fixed. Um, yeah, I... It, I'm surprised that we don't all know more about mechanical keyboards than I thought we would. So we're going to have to work on that for the next year. That's our goal for this podcast. I'm surprised that we don't all... Michael, if folks want to uh, get at us, where could they do that? They should send us an email to podcast at wewerdgamers.com. Uh, we love hearing from the listeners. Uh, we like, we'll collect up some another round of emails and do an email episode, hopefully sometime soon. Uh, but in the meantime, they can also get at us on Facebook, on Instagram, where we were gamers on all those places. And they should go check out our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash at we were gamers. There's some uh, cool regular episodes, some great bonus content on there. So check it out.
it really annoys me when my rubies end in a one. Like, I can't use gotta, a one. Got to get more of those threes and twos to offset it, right? Ugh. Means I got to go kill snow yaks. <laughs> as long as the numbers are going up. Hey, man, I'm going to crack 6,000 tomorrow. Uh, I think I'll crack seven tomorrow. 6,000 battles? You people no, are crazy, ru- man. Rubies. Rubies. Oh, rubies. Dang, you're still I've already, crazy. I've already cracked 8,000 on battles, I think. I think uh, I just did I'm about to hit week. nine, yeah. You're both insane. I'm like under... I'm like under five. No, no, no. I hit five already, but I'm under six. And in the rubies, I'm still under 5,000. Although I'm very close at this point. 49-something. I don't know if all my August refights count. I don't think they do. For battle, I'm yeah. not sure that they do. Yeah, I don't think they do. 